Hello and welcome to Spiritual Shit, your guide to the down and dirty of modern spirituality. This podcast is a place for people wanting to discover more about spirituality, where we can get weird about ghosts, mediumship, aliens, psychics, religion, new age, awakening, ascension, starseeds, channeling, holistic health, philosophy, and even dating. Some shows will be just me rambling about my mystical experiences and discoveries, while other shows will have guests to open up new perspectives and views. I hope you'll join me on this journey as we discuss and open up what spirituality in today's modern world really looks like. Remember to like and subscribe to never miss an episode and hit me up at thelovelyleah.com or at thelovelyleah on Instagram so we can connect. Become a Patreon supporter to get access to behind the scenes of our guests, freebies, early access to new episodes, discounts on merch, and more. Have you ever asked yourself, what is a good life? This is a question I've been asking myself a lot lately. We often get caught up in trying to manifest the perfect life. But are we clear on what that actually is? I bring you my new class, The Good Life Project, how to love the life you have while manifesting the life that you want. This class is the perfect bridge between mindset and manifestation, teaching you how to access deep clarity of what makes a good life for you and anchoring you in a clear framework that makes it easy for you to see what you'd like to manifest for the future. This class covers what is manifestation and dispelling many common myths about it, how to determine your maxims for a good life, how to figure out where you're starting from so you know where to go, how to deepen the clarity of the picture you have for your life, how to identify limiting beliefs and how to overcome them, how to use your growth to get better results and the integration process, how to notice more magic in your life so you start attracting more in it, and identifying the real role manifestation plays in your life and the purpose it serves. I jam-packed this course in a very direct and concise format so you can get real value that could change your mindset and transform your life in under three hours of content. Most people are looking for someone to give them clarity and guidance, and I'm trying to help you find that within yourself. By learning my method, you'll be able to adjust your perspective to what really matters in your life and get laser-focused on what you'd like to manifest long-term. You can find out more information at thelovelyalia.com or you can go straight to spiritualshitschool.com and check out the many courses we offer. Hello and welcome to another episode of Spiritual Shit. I'm your host, Alia Lovely, and today... I'm going to be talking about what it means to really listen to spirit. What does it mean to really tap into that inner wisdom, tap into what it is that is coming into you, what is coming through you, and really starting to listen to that inner voice. Um, Before we get into that, I just want to do a couple of announcements. Number one, I have opened my conscious community. It is... I'm so excited about it. (laughs) It's our mystical, magical group of spiritualists that come together in community with resources, support. Um, We ask questions. We hang out every month. I do readings. It's a really fun space to explore spirituality. If you are new to spirituality and you have no other community or place to turn, you can go to lovethisconsciouscommunity.com to be a part of our free platform. Uh, Obviously, there are upgrades and stuff if you want more uh, attention and getting readings from me or a group collective uh, 
you know, for instance, journaling together or group meditations. There's a lot of things and a lot of resources to explore in that group. So go to our free platform, lovethisconsciouscommunity.com. I'm really excited about it. I really hope to see you there. I really hope to see it expand and grow. I've been working on it for a really long time. And in fact, today's episode, I'm going to be talking about essentially uh, an example where I have had Spirit's voice come to me and when I've listened to it and when I haven't. So stay tuned for that. We'll get right into that. Um, the other announcement that I have is you have about one more day to book a reading with me with 15% off with the coupon code January 15. So you can go to thelovelyalia.com, hit book a reading, and you can get that discount for just like a couple more days. So anyway, let's get into today's episode right now. I have been in just like a it's, it's kind of interesting to explain when you have an awakening and you come into a place where you just start to understand that you are not just a human being, you're also a soul or also the spirit that has a myriad of other things that they would like to expand into. It's such an interesting process to start to bring awareness around that and what that means. And what we tend to do when we first awaken is we will binge all the material that we can find. We will think and ask and read everything that we can consume because we need a understanding for this newfound spirituality that we've gotten. And while that's super exciting and it's really amazing and the discovery process can be just exhilarating, at some point you consume more than you have an appetite for. And things start to feel a bit more numb. Things start to feel a bit more um, remedial. Things start to feel a bit more like, uh, you know, I'm just kind of getting bored of this. Or I'm kind of, kind of getting tired of this. What I think happens naturally because of the type of world that we live in, we are often overstimulated. We are often told uh, we need to watch something, we need to read something, we need to do something, and never really often told to do nothing or sit still or rest or sleep. And so we're putting a lot of our energy externally, we're pushing our energy outward. And when that happens, we if we do it too often without the balance of receiving, allowing and leaning back, resting, all those kinds of things, we tend to get burnt out. And so it's natural that in spirituality, when you first come upon that, it's super exciting. You want to do all the things. You want to try the sound baths and the readings and, you know, so on. And you come to a place where it starts to feel like, you know, like I'm, I don't feel like I'm getting out of this, what it is that I'm looking for. I'm searching and I'm seeking, but I can't seem to find satiation. I can't seem to find a place to rest or a place to feel like I've I've discovered all that I need to discover. And what that can do is set us up in a place of what people call the dark night of the soul, where it's just like, oh my God, like what's happening to my life? My life is over. I can't relate to my friends anymore. I can't relate to my family anymore. I don't have the same connections that I had with people. And I don't have the same connection I have to myself because I'm still looking for a lot of external validation, external stimulation, external resources that are not me, are not my internal voice, are not my higher self, are not my soul speaking to me. And so what that can do is it, it throws us out of whack. It throws us into this kind of feeling of imbalance. And I want to confront that because I think a lot of people are seeking knowledge, they're seeking answers, they're seeking uh, comfort. 
And for myself, like I've been super passionate about being able to bring people into a space where they can rely on themselves for that instead of having to necessarily rely on external means like a reader, like, um, any other thing, church, like, like whatever, like (laughs) whatever you, you know, fill in the blank for yourself. To me, that's important because it's not to say that you can't benefit from having a reader or having church or having a community, not at all. It's that you don't need to be dependent on it and you have the freedom to choose what's in my heart, what do I feel is going to be the absolute truth for me versus you feeling like you're taking a lot of that external answer and trying to make sense of it against your own internal answer. So we tend to look outwardly anyway, because we're used to looking outwardly for that type of stimulation. And when it comes to our inner voice, when it comes to spirit talking to us, it is an entirely different process. Entirely. It is about sitting back. It's about listening. It's allowing something to come to us. And we are not that well-practiced in that movement. We're used to going out, we're push, 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 let's go, go, go. We're not used to the the allowing, the receive, the ebb of the ebb and flow. So because of that, it feels unnatural to be in that space. And it feels more difficult for us to listen to ourselves when we are in a position of needing to consider our inner wisdom versus external stimulation. So a funny story I have about this is that um, I was in the process of redoing my entire Uh, community platform. At first it was called mystery school. And I'd opened up uh, a platform for community of mystics of people to come together to practice their gifts, whether they were card readers or channelers or human design or whatever. And I decided that that is not all we can be, that I would like to open up a much larger conscious community, which I mentioned earlier. And in that I would like everybody to have access to that and be open to that and, and what that looks like or whatever. But this is my prime source of income, right? And so I was getting overwhelmed by all the transition and like all the IT work and all the questions. And um, I'm a one woman show over here. (laughs) I do my own production. I do all the podcasts. I do all the IT, like I do everything. So one, I probably should ask for help. That's besides the point. And that's for another episode. But two, I was sitting here in the overwhelm trying to figure out like, what do I do about the situation? Like I have something in my head that I would like to bring to the world and something big I would like to do, but I'm not sure about how to do it. And I was having this reactive kind of anxious feeling take over me. And I was like, I'm just going to scrap it. I'm just going to get rid of the whole thing. I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm going to leave it alone. I'm going to you know, it's too bad. I'm sorry. Like I've built this community for over a year. People really, really enjoy it, but like, I just can't handle it anymore. And that was my reactive voice coming in and saying like, you're feeling really anxious right now. You're feeling really overwhelmed right now. You're feeling really burnt out right now and overwhelmed. So too much external stimulation. Imagine that. And so in that space, I recognize I'm being reactive. I am in a place where I'm feeling overwhelmed and overstimulated. So let me take a beat. Let me take a breath. Let me sit back. Let me not work on this right now. Let me walk away so I can clear my head so I can allow for my inner wisdom to show up for me in maybe a way that uh, I wasn't doing previous previously when I'm like typing away, trying to figure everything out. And so when I did that, and I'm in, I'm in good practice of this, but just to give you an example of this, like when I did that, I sat back and I said, what am I supposed to do? What do I need to do? Like, what, what should I do? And I could hear audibly, make your platform free. 
Now, that is against all of my logic because I worked really hard on this platform. It's something, it's my primary source of income. Like there's a lot of things uh, that would make me say no to that particular small voice that came in my head. Um, A lot of those then reactionary responses would have been, no, how are you supposed to pay your bills then? No, how are you, you know, like there were all of these fears that came to the surface, but I sat back again and asked the question, okay, what do I need to do? And, and parading in my mind is make it free, make it free. So that way other people have access. This will actually end up blessing your abundance in ways that you can't see right now because you are in a scarcity mindset. And I was fighting with that voice over and over back and forth going, oh my gosh, like, I don't know, like, like, what do I do? So then what I did for external confirmation, (laughs) I turned to my pendulum I have my pendulum here. And I sat and asked the pendulum the question, like, you know, should I make this free? And it said, yes, my yes is a circle. My no is a back and forth. So it did the circle. It did it twice. And it was like, I said what I said. (laughs) I was like, ah, okay. Um, So then I pulled cards and I got out my uh, Kyle Gray's angel deck here. And um, out of the 50 something cards that are in this deck, I started to, you know, shuffle them up. And I know that in this deck, they have a yes card and they have a no card. And I said, okay, if I pull three cards out of the three cards that are in this deck, one, if one of them is a yes, then I will make that free. Okay. And so I pulled three cards, shuffled it a lot. And then I pulled that last card and it said, yes, the first card that I pulled like or turned over, not the first card that I pulled, but like the first card that I turned over. Cause I do this thing where I go one, two, three, and then I pulled the last one. It was the yes card. So not only did I have my internal voice that was saying very loudly, this is something you should do, but then I have my own methods and rituals to confirm that thing. Right. And so I'm not saying that you necessarily need those external things, but that's what it looks like when you utilize your inner voice in balance. And so here I am now in a space where I said, okay, I want to be not obedient, but I want to be in alignment with that voice. I want to be in alignment with what my higher self knows to be true about the benefits this could bring to community. It could bring access and more diversity. It could bring healing and networking to people who don't normally have it. Like there could be, it could be so much bigger than what I'm thinking. And if I'm in an abundance mindset, then that manifestation of me being taken care of will come back tenfold. Now that's my belief. It's, it is not my first belief. It's definitely not the the default belief, not at all. It's my inner voice that's saying, you will be okay. You will be taken care of. Take this leap of faith and you will see the blessings that unfold before you. Now we are pre-blessing at this moment <laughs> um, because I, I just did this and you're hearing me and seeing me in real time basically. But I I felt in my spirit that there was this quiet voice that was coming to me. And even though it was quiet, it was persistent saying, this is something that will be in great benefit to you. Listen to this voice. So against all odds, I even talked to my partner, partners going, wait a minute, what, what are you going to do? Uh, does that sound, you know, and when I sat down and I explained 
to him what was in my heart. He's like, okay, that's something that you definitely should do. But a lot of times what we do is we will have that inner voice come to us and then we will seek out our partner or our friends or someone to tell us what they think we should do. And that can cause a lot of confusion between our inner voice. It's not to say that you can't benefit from a sounding board or someone externally, but if you don't have a strong foundation on what your own inner voice is, you will be swayed by others very easily. And I know for myself, I have a long practice, a long standing practice of being able to trust that inner voice. And I've been able to see how that inner voice works. Uh, For instance, you're listening to this podcast, watching this podcast, and it is called Spiritual Shit, right? And that was before anybody else had the name Spiritual Shit. And my, I remember asking one of my friends and saying like, do you think I should name it this? Because I heard the name come to me. The name just came in my awareness and I asked them and they were like, no, mm, no, oh, that's, mm." it's kind of, you know, it's not like a great name. Um, it's got profanity in it or, um, maybe, are you sure that's the audience that you want to, you know, like maybe you won't get the audience that you want, blah, blah, blah. Despite all of their constructive criticism, I was still in a place where I needed to go with that inner voice. I needed to trust that inner voice. Spirit was telling me something. My higher self was telling me something and I needed to follow through with that. And sure enough, here you are watching or listening to this podcast because a a lot of you have come to me and said, I chose to listen to your podcast because of the name. What if I hadn't trusted myself? What if I, you know, like there could be a myriad of reasons that, that this wouldn't be what it is today if I hadn't trusted myself. So the inner voice is, is often quiet. It's often in a space where we are needing to sit back and come inward in order to hear that voice. So what is the difference between your intuition and anxiety? Because I get this question so, so, so much. And for me, at least, and the people that I coach and help, anxiety often comes with the point of fear. It's always, but what if? I don't know. How can I? What if this happens? It always comes with a fear message. My intuition almost never comes in a space of warning me of something. It's always a suggestion, like a pro-suggestion, not a what if, don't do suggestion, a negative, non-affirming suggestion. And so, for instance, if I were, you know, dating someone back in my past or whatever that I was like, this, this person isn't it, it would, it would be like in that kind of voice of like, let's look for something else. This may not be in alignment for you. This may not blah, blah, blah. It was, it's, it's a more relaxed like suggestion. It's not like, you know, this person could be a narcissist. This person could be that, you know, like it's not that kind of energy. It may say different things. I don't know how your intuition talks to you. So your voice may be very different than mine, but it's not the fear of something. It is the suggestion of a possibility or an opportunity. And so for me, when I, when I was dating, I remember when uh, I started dating David, my husband, and I remember that moment of feeling such extreme trust, such like this feels in deep alignment for me. And then my anxiety popping up and going, what if he's a narcissist like my last blah, 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 blah. And that, that voice, that what if this I know is not my truth, it's my fear. And sometimes I fear it can be our truth, but often it's not. It's usually operating out of a past circumstance. And so because of that past circumstance, we tend to be 
in scarcity mindset or we tend to like walk lightly because we're afraid that that thing is going to come again and that's going to bring us pain. And since we're such a pain adverse uh, nation, (laughs) um, we tend to operate out of a limited space because of the fear of pain. And so if we were more vulnerable with ourselves and more trusting with ourselves and listen to ourselves more, we would be able to start to recognize the pattern between when we get a suggestion, something that comes from innately deep with inside of us or a spirit team guide member or whatever, higher self, whatever you identify with, um, versus the the negative, the fear-driven space. Okay. So that's how I differentiate it for myself. But I could see in the situation that I talked to you earlier about exactly the same thing that I had a small voice that was a suggestion. Hey, make it free. Why don't you do this? What about the name spiritual shit? And it coming into in a gentle space and then seeing my reaction or reactionary response come through and go, but what if this? What if that? And oh no, that would make me feel X, Y, Z, like all of the considerations and rationalizations that happen around it. And so that for me is is an important distinction between intuition and anxiety. Now, there is also a difference between intuition and rationalization because there's an intuition that may tell you something like, hey, maybe not do that thing. And then we will tend to rationalize it. And we need to find reason after reason after reason why we shouldn't do something or reason after reason after reason why we should do something. But either way, rationalization often is a really good sign that that thing that you're trying to make happen or do isn't for you. Because if it was for you, you wouldn't need a whole bunch of stacking reasons to explain why it should go into action or shouldn't. So for instance, my my health journey, I have a difficulty with committing to um, certain practices, for instance, whether those be... um, Uh, spiritual health practices or physical health practices. And for instance, if I'm, uh, I committed to getting up in the morning and I'm going to work out in the morning, I'm going to do this and this and this, and then I get up, um, and maybe my daughter was up all night or, you know, something like that. Uh, I will be tired and I don't want to get up and I don't want to work out, you know? And so then I will come with up with a myriad of reasons and excuses to myself. I'm not even having to rationalize anybody else, but to myself, why I can't do the thing I committed to doing. Uh, I can't get up because I'm tired. You know, my daughter got up last night and like, da, 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 da. like here are all the reasons why I can do it. In all actuality, I could just get up. I could just get up. There's um, a reel that's been floating around and I was like, what if I just like, you know, lay back down? What if I just, you know, and, and that like, no, nah, no, nah, I should just get up and go. Um, if we're rationalizing something, it we're 10, like think of rationalization as trying to convince someone particularly yourself. If you have to come up with reasons why you should do something to to force you into a space where you feel comfortable with it, it might not be your intuition telling you that that's something that you should do. Rather, it's your logic, anxiety, uh, other reasoning to, to pull something into being. Now, typically anxiety works on the, you shouldn't do and rationalization works on the, you should do. It's usually, it's kind of like that. Not always. Um, rationalization can be also like, well, this is why I shouldn't do this thing. But either way, anxiety comes from a place of fear and rationalization comes from a place of convincing. Intuition comes from a place of alignment. It's just simply this is. And so if you can get better at recognizing the difference between the few, not the two, the few, 
then you will have a better time trusting that alignment of your intuition when it comes to you. And I would say if you are someone who wants to accelerate this, or if you're someone who like really wants to practice it in a, in a, in a more committed way to start practicing with cards, like, um, you know, you looking at three different cards and trying to figure out which one is underneath. Um, like we have this game that I found, uh, we were at the bookstore with the kids and I found this game by, I think it's Zinner is the, the name, the writer, maybe I might be getting that wrong. Um, but it's an ESP game basically. And so the cards don't have anything on it except shapes and, uh, in a certain color. And so I'll play with the kids during or after dinner time that I'm like, okay, what card am I holding up? And they're like blue square, you know? And what's crazy is that children haven't been conditioned yet to not trust their intuition, you know, obviously depending on age and household. Um, but I have been as a parent rec or not recognizing, but like trying to look at how can I foster trust in themselves? How can I be an example where my children can trust themselves deeply and not, you know, obviously like gaslight them out of their reasoning and things like that. Um, like what happened to most of us as children, but we're playing this ESP game and more than not, the children will get one, either the color or the shape, right? Or both. It's rare that they get a card that they don't get, you know, anything. And so I'll play with them too. And the last time we played the first eight cards, I got almost completely right. <laughs> um, not the whole time. I'm not bragging about myself, but what I'm saying is, is that we've cultivated now something fun that can help us practice our intuition and how the voice comes in. And I get to see the difference between when the children and myself are trying to logicize, rationalize what color we think it might be <laughs> because, oh, I just had a, a few green ones. It can't be green, but it could be green. We don't know. And we, like, I can even watch um, my stepdaughter. She's really good at the game. And she'll, I can see her after a few cards come up trying to think in her head, what would be the most logical, uh, strategic answer? And that those are the ones that she always gets wrong. <laughs> those are the ones she's always gets wrong because she's trying to rationalize in her mind what she thinks is going to happen next instead of trusting what's being what's coming from within her. And when she doesn't think about it at all, myself included, when we don't think about it at all and we just say what's coming through us, the intuition more often than not is incredibly spot on. So if that's something that you're wanting to practice at or um, really start to accelerate within yourself, then I say get a pack of cards, like start playing with that or look up online, like different intuition games, ways to test your intuition and play with that because you will start to notice how it feels in your body when something feels in alignment. And like when you get it correct, uh, if, it, if it is a type of game or something like that, you will start to recognize the pattern inside of your, like your, your physical reaction when you're intuition is responding versus when your anxiety is responding versus when your rationalization is responding. Um, a good example of rationalization is I was always trying to rationalize who was going to be my future partner when I was in the throes of my search. <laughs> and, oh, it, it, it must be this person because X, Y, Z, because of this, that, and the other. And all of the different reasonings I was trying to stack up to convince myself that this person was it. When in fact, very clearly in front of me, it was saying that it was not. I was like, I don't like how I feel in my body. I don't like the anxiousness that I feel in my body. I don't like the pull that I'm feeling towards this person where I don't feel free. I don't feel 
held. I don't feel like in full embodiment of my power or my worth. So it's it's really important for you to start to pay attention to those signals. Um, anxiety for me tends to look like an upset tummy. I get a nervous tummy, um, upset, like, uh, my, I tend to get really tense in my shoulders. Um, I start to eat more like, like anxious eating. Um, there, there are signals for all of us when we are not following our intuition, when we are doing something that's not in alignment vibrationally with our bodies. So another way to really like tap into that voice of spirit is to pay attention to your body. It will tell you more often than not, that is, yes, that is no. That's why a lot of people do um, muscle testing. And I'm actually not really like well-versed in muscle testing, but so please look somewhere else for better information for that. But I know people who do um, kind of movements with their arms and, and push against it and see if there's the strength in their muscle when they say yes or no or whatever. It's a lot like what I do with pendulum testing, where I have the pendulum in my hand right now, but um, where it's like a yes or a no, and I like keep myself super still. You can obviously look that up and see if there's different methods that that you enjoy or um, resonate better with you. But all that to say, look for ways that you can test your intuition so that way you can start to see the pattern recognition that happens in your body when you are in alignment versus when you're not. Spirit will continue to speak to you very, very quietly until you start listening more and more. That voice gets more confidence to become louder and louder and louder. And at least for me, I know that like my intuition comes in a way that feels completely neutral, devoid of emotion. It's completely flat. I don't have a lot of like emotionality behind it or anything like that. It just is. It comes through and it just is. And when you find yourself having that voice come through that's highly emotional, highly reactive, highly fear-based, it's most likely the anxiety. Most likely. Not always. I can't say 100% of the time, but a lot of the time it is. And if you start to develop that relationship with your body, with yourself, with your rationale versus with your fear, you'll have a better understanding of how that comes in. Like what, what does it sound like when it's coming from that aligned place versus the fear-based place? I'm telling you right now, like if you start to become a champion at that, life becomes a lot easier. You just start to become like move through the world in ways that you probably, it's like butter, you know, like (laughs) there, there is a, a slipperiness and ease to life that you don't have the same amount of friction when you have your own intuition on your side. Now, the last thing I want to add about that is that intuition has a really hard time coming into a vessel of low vibration. And I hate the like high vibration, low vibration, blah, blah, blah. blah. Um, It's almost like a class system lately in spirituality and I don't like it. But what I mean is, is like when we talk about frequency, if you are in a place where you are hating yourself, like hating yourself, hating your body, hating who you are, hating life even. If you're in that space, that naturally has a lower frequency. And I'm not invalidating what you're feeling. Not at all. I've been there. I am there sometimes. Um, But it is a lower frequency. Intuition resides in a higher self space. And so um, let's say not like high and low. Let's say 
a dense and light space. So when we're in a place of hating ourselves, it's a very dense type of energy. It's a heavier energy, which is why probably people call it low. It just sinks (laughs) easier. And when we are in a um, trusted wellness, you know, health space, whatever, we're in a lighter space. So in that, when, when we're trying to call intuition in and we're trying to recognize it, hear it, see it, connect with it, but we are in a vessel that is just dense with a lot of yuckiness and a lot of clutter, a lot of like distrust, dis-ease, like all of that stuff. It's very hard to hear, connect with the lightness of our intuition. It's almost like oil and water. They don't mix very well. So additionally, besides testing yourself, if you find that you're just, you have a lot of unrest, a lot of rot, um, when I, what I call rot is like the, the hate that we have for ourselves that we have yet haven't acknowledged. If we can get into that, it takes a bit of a little bit of shadow work, but a little bit of, not a little bit, it takes a lot of like deep dive digging and getting honest with ourselves about how we feel. And obviously this is not an overnight process. This is a life type of process, but the more you become aware of what clutter or the density that is exists in your body, the more you're able to free up for space for the light things, the intuition to come in and have space to sit at the table within your fears, within your rationales, within what you would like to call in and be in alignment for yourself. So that's all I have for today. I hope that's super helpful for you. Um, make sure that you have the opportunity to get online and go to lovethisconsciouscommunity.com and be a part of our free community platform, as well as you can join some of the higher tiers if you want to do some, um, you know, if you want to kick it with me, basically, (laughs) Uh, you want to hang out with me and yeah, um, I'm available obviously for readings at thelovelyalia.com. But until then, if this episode helped you, please share it with someone you love and I will see you next time. hope you enjoyed this episode. Please share it with someone you love. And if you're interested in becoming a client for energy coaching or card readings, find me at thelovelyalia.com to read more about what I do and to book your own session. And don't forget to add me on the lovely Leah on Instagram for daily content and inspiration and hang out with me on Patreon. As always, thank you for listening.